I wear the badge because I believe that everything I do every day matters to somebody I in the public. I wear the badge because I enjoy problem solving. I wear the badge. I give people I wear the voice. badge because I am very proud to serve the community. I wear the badge because I enjoy helping people. And that's why I wear the badge. Welcome to the Wear the Badge podcast, a production of the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association, where in each episode, we'll explore the realities of law enforcement. It's a rare look and listen inside the often misunderstood profession of policing. So let's separate fact from fiction and perception from reality right now. Hi, everyone. I'm Andy Skugman, your host and the association's executive director. This podcast is part of our Wear the Badge initiative launched a little over a year ago in late 2018. Very simply, Wear the Badge aims to tell the real story of what it's like to work as a cop in the 21st century. In this podcast, we'll examine the latest trends, explore how the career is changing, debate and discuss what it takes to do the work and find out why men and women choose to wear the badge. In episode one, we go in depth on the hiring crisis across the country in law enforcement. Police departments and sheriff's offices in all 50 states are struggling more than ever in hiring new officers and holding on to the ones they have. Looking back on it, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything, uh, but I don't think I would ever want to go back into the line of work again. That's Adam Johnson. He was a police officer for two and a half years in New Hope, Minnesota, a first-ring Minneapolis suburb. He's now a project manager for a large electrical contractor. He shared with us why he quit being a cop. I think one of the main reasons why I got out of law enforcement is I was just starting to get burned out. Um, I just got sick of you know, dealing with basically the same people and the same problems over and over again. Johnson is part of a growing number of police officers leaving the profession after only a few years wearing the badge. There's also a growing number of people who are shying away from policing as a career altogether. In Minnesota, the number of people who are taking the peace officer licensing exam annually has dropped more than 25% since 2015, and the number of people who have passed the exam has dropped 23% over that same time period. Those stats are troubling and tell us that the talent pool is both smaller and more shallow than in the past. In addition to more people leaving policing and fewer people entering the profession, a recent report by the Police Executive Research Forum, or PERF, discovered a third challenge, a looming retirement bubble. So those are a big pool of officers potentially leaving your workforce. Sarah Mostyn is the lead author of the PERF report. She says more than 15% of officers will become eligible for retirement five years out. And it's not just the numbers you're losing, but the skills and the experience and the mentorship that they bring to younger officers. So all of that together, we found that there's just challenges at both ends of a police career from bringing people in and then keeping them there for the long term. Most communities, regardless of size, geographic location, socioeconomic makeup, and racial diversity, are experiencing these challenges, and law enforcement leaders, police chiefs, and sheriffs are scrambling to find solutions. In Minneapolis, a city with a population of more than 420,000, there are about 600 sworn officers. The police chief there would like to add 400 more by 2025. Chief Madera Arredondo says filling positions is difficult. He believes there are several reasons behind the workforce crisis. We're kind of dealing with a different generation of workers entering the profession. We're dealing with the enormous impact uh, that social media has had on our profession over the past decade. I also know that our police community tragedies are no longer just local events. They resonate and reverberate statewide and throughout our country. 
And quite frankly, the pool of candidates, qualified candidates, is at times now smaller. There's a mindset that workers are kind of uh, exploring different job opportunities. We're also seeing high turnover in the profession. Drive three and a half hours due north from Minneapolis and you'll wind up in Bemidji, Minnesota, a Northwoods community known for its fishing, hunting, and outdoors lifestyle. With a population of only 12,000, more than 400,000 fewer than Minneapolis, the troubling trend here is turnover. Over half of Bemidji's 34 police officers have left the department in just two years. Mike Mastin, Bemidji's chief, says in 2010, the agency would receive roughly 80 to 100 applicants when a job was posted, but by 2015, he was only getting 14 or 15. He also noticed a shift in education requirements. The state of Minnesota requires either a two-year or four-year law enforcement degree in order to be a licensed peace officer. I've seen more two-year degrees in the last processes that we've done for hiring than I've seen in many, many years. Uh, It it appears that people are recognizing they only need a two-year degree. Some people have master's degrees, but you don't really need that to get that job. That competition isn't there anymore. In the small tourist town of Waterville, located in southern Minnesota's lake region, Police Chief John Manning says that lots of applicants get snapped up by other agencies during the hiring process, and so do many of his department's part-time officers. We also do utilize uh, full-time licensed part-time officers to fill the schedule. Those people are gaining experience from the trainings and everything that they've been through here to where they're a very valuable asset for another department. Like many states, the majority of Minnesota's law enforcement agencies are small, fewer than 10 officers, and located in rural areas. These so-called outstate agencies rely heavily on officers with full-time licenses who work part-time hours. But it's a struggle to find them if the departments are not located within a reasonable drive time of an urban area. These days with a dwindling candidate pool, I think one of the other problems is if, if you don't have a, a metropolitan area where a person can commute back and forth to work in these part-time jobs, um, they can't make a living based off part-time hours. So these are the problems facing the policing profession when it comes to hiring. The question, what are some solutions? It's the topic of conversation for virtually every chief and sheriff across the United States. Some are taking action, trying all kinds of new ways to recruit and retain officers. According to the PERF report, some departments are expanding the applicant pool by no longer ruling out candidates because of things like past debt, drug use, or facial hair. Minneapolis Chief Arredondo, who was in his early 50s, was kind of surprised to discover just how important beards are to officers today. After talking uh, throughout the department with officers particularly, I initiated a pilot program last year to allow professionally groomed beards for employees. And I will tell you, uh, not only has it been well-received, but it has been a selling point or a selling nugget in terms of recruitment. Some agencies are really promoting work-life balance. In most agencies, new officers must work midnights, weekends, holidays. That's historically taken a huge toll on family and personal relationships. Some believe it's one reason why so few young women want to enter the profession. Innovative approaches to scheduling are giving officers more flexibility, and for departments like Chief Mannings in Waterville, it makes part-time positions more doable. A lot of small agencies probably have on-call time, so that means you have to have a response time. 
some of the things that we've done is uh, restructuring schedules, um, trying to make things work, uh, helping a part-time officer out by a full-time officer taking their call if they're living close by. You know, those are some of the things we do. And here's a shocker. Apparently, money talks. More competitive pay has helped some agencies attract more candidates, but it's not always easy to convince city councils and county commissions to free up tight budget dollars. In Bemidji, Chief Maston says increasing pay has increased his candidate pool. We've done a lot to raise wages in our area. Um, our city was very kind in giving patrol a, a good boost here. That pay incentive really seems to be a draw for a lot of people. So it's clear law enforcement's workforce crisis is multifaceted. Its solutions are wide-ranging. Some are working, others are not. What's certain here is that perceptions of the job and realities of the job are not aligned. My perception of policing when I got into the line of work was much different. and It was probably a lot more consistent with how policing was 30 years ago than it is currently. Remember Adam Johnson, the former New Hope, Minnesota cop who left policing to work as an electrical contractor? He says the job isn't what he thought it would be. In my opinion, police are more social workers now than actual law enforcement officers. A lot of people are calling the police to tell their child to do their homework, to go to bed at night, a lot of different stuff like that. And it got me thinking like, you know what? I don't think I'm cut out for this line of work and I don't think I can do this for the next 25 years. So what does all this mean for public safety in your community? What if open police officer positions go unfilled? If we as a law enforcement community don't change with the times, we will become extinct. That's Chief Arredondo from Minneapolis. His counterpart in Bemidji is equally concerned. There needs to be a major social change uh, that promotes law enforcement rather than exploits the negative aspects that sometimes are associated with the job. And that's the whole point behind our Wear the Badge initiative. It's to raise awareness of the problem, talk about solutions, and promote the profession. This podcast episode written and produced by Amanda Grayson. For all of us at the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association, thanks for listening and for your support as we work together to recruit great people to the policing profession. Real officers, real people, real life. Wearthebadge.org. Wear the badge.